in the text that call for our attention this Lord's Day come to us both from our Old Testament reading from Genesis chapter 11 where we had the story of the building of the Tower of Babel and also our second reading from Acts 2 where we have the story of the Spirit falling on the day of Pentecost. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Alexander the Great did not earn that moniker without reason. After all, many have suggested that Alexander the Great was the greatest military leader that the world has ever known. He conquered and ruled almost the entire world at the time of his being. He ruled in that time between what we know in the church as the Old Testament and the New Testament. But Alexander was not only known for being great in terms of military strength, he also was great in understanding how it was that a conquering empire of that size could remain together. He was instrumental in what people have later called Hellenization. Not only did Alexander want to conquer lands, but he wanted to make sure that those lands that he conquered were familiar with the Greek way of life, for he believed it to be superior to any other form of life. And one of the ways that he sought to make sure that everyone would have a little bit of that Greek culture was by insisting that as much as possible, everything would be done in the Greek language. He believed that having a common language was essential, both for his ability to reign and for progress within society as well. And history, in fact, proved him right. Now, of course, not everything Alexander the Great did was laudable by any means, but his understanding that a common language can be something that is a stabilizing force in culture is hard to argue with. And after all, complex sociological journals have come to this conclusion. But perhaps even more convincingly, we see this just bear out in everyday life. Whatever the scenario is, people with a common language can have a much easier time accomplishing things together. And conversely, those who don't have a common language can indeed have much trouble, even if they really desire to do something together. Yes, we see from our Old Testament lesson what it's like when people have a common language and can come together to accomplish things. In our Old Testament reading for today, we learned again about that time when there was but one language upon the earth. And indeed, we are told that people were accomplishing great things in that time because of that advantage they had. But when I say that they were accomplishing great things, I don't necessarily mean they were accomplishing good things. In the case of our reading for today, the great thing that was being done was quite evil. Yes, that blessing of common language had become a curse at Babel. The task of building a great tower into the sky was in and of itself not evil. But the fact that those men did that in order to make a name for themselves, 
That was what was evil. Humanity had forgotten its God and sought to build an idol to itself, a place where people could come and marvel at what humanity could do. God, however, put an end to all of that pride and arrogance. He humbled those people by confusing their languages and scattering them all over the face of the planet. Well, was it again that God was just against having a common language? After all, that's how he began in the world when he created all things. But he was against people using that blessing that he had given them in order that he might be glorified when they instead began glorifying themselves through it. We in our modern world often try to remove this curse. And we think that through technology we might be able to get rid of the trouble of differing languages. But you know, it never works out quite as we hope. Even in our day, with all the technology we have, there still remains a large hurdle for any two people trying to work together if they don't share a common language. You know, there will be one day, on that last day, when we will live in a place where differing languages are no longer a problem again. We will live in a new heaven and a new earth where we will all sing praise to God with one voice. And the first apostles got a taste of what that would be like on the day of Pentecost. They indeed were gathered there in Jerusalem to celebrate the Old Testament festival of Pentecost. And it was there that God chose to pour out his spirit, which was the sure sign that the New Testament had arrived. God gave those people there that day a glimpse of what it would be like one day to live again without the frustrations of differing languages. No, God did not send out in advance of Pentecost a copy of Rosetta Stone or some other language learning software in order that everybody could come to Jerusalem all speaking one human language. Instead, at Pentecost, he used the simple tongues of 12 Galilean men to come and to speak. And as they spoke, people from every tribe and language and nation could hear. Yes, he sent down his Holy Spirit, and those twelve men filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak. And everyone could hear what they were saying. As the message of Jesus crucified and raised up went out, the whole world began to hear this message. In one ways, it was the exact opposite of what had happened at the Tower of Babel, where you see at the Tower of Babel a common language was used in order that humanity might receive praise and honor. But on Pentecost Day, God took all those scattered languages and brought them together for that moment in one common language again, but not in order that humanity would be praised, but that he would be praised that his son Jesus might receive the praise and honor due his name. He did it in order that all of humanity might be able to find their rest and their peace in Jesus. Now we in the church in our day no longer have the ability to just speak and have every language and nation and tribe be able to hear us. 
But we do, in one sense, still have a common language of sorts in the church. No, it's not that we all speak English or Spanish, but we all do have a common set of words and beliefs that form us as God's people. Do you know that today, in different languages all across the world, people will speak the words of the Nicene Creed, just like we will here today? Do you know that in hundreds of dialects of languages today, the Lord's Prayer will be offered up to the Heavenly Father? Do you know that the message of Jesus and his life and death and resurrection will be shared throughout the entire world in too many tongues to count? Yes, indeed, God uses his Holy Spirit to still accomplish the spreading of his gospel to the entire world. And that word and that work is fruitful. While I myself have not been blessed to travel to other parts of the world and meet other Christians in those parts of the world, many of my friends and acquaintances have. And they always relate how awesome it is to arrive at a place and have a common bond with other Christians, even if they don't share one common word. They speak about the familiarity they have because they share a common belief system and a common way of life. They speak about approaching the altar for communion with strangers, according to their language and even some of their customs, but brothers and sisters, according to the faith. For whether you're in Africa or Atlanta, Finland or Finlayson, Brazil or Bruno, God's people are recipients of the same grace of God. And we're sent out to our neighbors with the same message of Jesus' love and mercy. God has made us all one through his spirit, which he poured out on Pentecost and continues to pour out at the baptismal font. And every once in a while, though, we can forget how big the Christian church is. Or we can become convinced that really the faith is all just about us and God, us individually. Especially in America, people tend to view religion and faith as very personal and private matters. But really, the scripture speaks much to the contrary. It reminds us time and time again that to be connected to Christ is to be connected to his whole Christian church on earth. God has brought together his body in this way with all of the diversity of it in order that he might accomplish the things that he has set out to do. For we all know that if you can get a group of people together that truly have different skills and abilities that can work together, great things can be accomplished. And that's what God intends for his church that all of us would come together to accomplish that great task of telling everyone about Jesus. If those evil men in Babel could build a tower into the sky to make a name for themselves, well then surely the church on earth can build a bridge to all the people who do not yet know Jesus. Never forget God's plan of salvation is about you, but it's not just about you. 
It's about you being incorporated into his body. It's about him giving you the same spirit that he has given to Christians across the world in order that we might accomplish great things together. And thankfully for all the times that we forget that truth and start to think about the faith just in terms of what it might bring to us, well, God offers his forgiveness again this day. He gives to us the forgiveness of Jesus in his word and in his supper. He promises to fill us anew with that spirit that binds us together with the whole world. Yes, God on the day of Pentecost used those tongues of those 12 Galilean men in order that this message of Jesus might be spread into the very ends of the earth. May he use us also who gather here this day to similar awesome ends in the places he's called us to live and to work and to play. For God has given us a common language, a common understanding about his son Jesus who died and rose for all nations and tribes and languages. He has given us his Holy Spirit in order that our tongues might begin to move and share that message with the whole world. May God's great gifts of his spirit and his son Jesus always be to us a consolation and an encouragement. May that be true this day and always. Amen.